Hi, this is Susan Olson from the Brady Bunch, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Roberts was reminded that we will play part two of our conversation with actress and author Donsley Abernathy later on in this hour. We hope to stay tuned for that. In the meantime, Greg Airbar is with us for a look at recently released DVD, Blu-ray, and streaming on-demand titles that we think you'll find of interest. Greg Airbar, Grammy-nominated and multiple Addy Award-winning writer for television, animation, advertising, and publishing for Disney Warner Brothers and Universal. He is also co-author, along with Tim Hollis, of Mouse Tracks, the story of Walt Disney Records. You can enjoy Greg's animation spin column at cartoonresearch.com. For more information about Greg, go to gregairbar.com. Greg, what do you have for us tonight? Well, my point is about the point. Me and my arrow. Straight up and arrow. I remember the point. I remember watching it on the movie of the week when it originally aired. And if I remember correctly, either Mike Lookinland or Brandon Cruz was the voice of Oblio. Yeah, it was, it was Bobby Brady. You know, he was up to his old tricks again. We're leaving the Brady house and going to the recording studio. And yeah, it was Mike Lookinland. This was 71. So Brady Bunch uh, was, was on. And it would <laughs> distinguished by four narrators. When it first went on in February 2nd, 1971, so it's celebrating its 50th anniversary, it had the voice of Dustin Hoffman as the narrator. And he agreed to do it for a not very much money if they only played it once with his voice. And, of course, they don't do that. So when they rebroadcasted it, and this was on the movie of the week, you know, with the with the Nikki theme song. This is the Tuesday movie of the week on ABC. Yeah. This is a big deal. Yeah, this was this was the very first time there was an animated TV movie for television ever, a, a full-length animated feature for television. Everything else before was 1 hour or 30 minutes. Never a 90-minute slot, which would be about 75 minutes, but still Feature-length animated film for television. Big, very big moment. The second time it was narrated by an actor named Alan Barsman. And then when it was uh, when it was put on video, then it was Ringo, who was a very close friend, of course, of uh, Harry Nielsen. Uh, Harry who, wrote, Nielsen. who wrote all the music. Yes, and Harry Nielsen was one of the favorite performers and, and composers of the Beatles. They were very, very close. They did a lot of projects together. And uh, he was also very close, of course, to the Monkees and had written songs for them. So the fourth time when it was on cable, and I believe it was Disney Channel, it was narrated by Alan Thicke. The version that has just been released to celebrate the 50th anniversary has the Ringo narration on it, which is wonderful narration because Ringo does Ringo's done a lot of children's things he used to be on Shining Time Station and he's done quite a bit of other narrations for kid things so he's very comfortable doing this and he has just a great attitude for it and the banter between him and the boy even though Mike Lookinland in his interview said he never met anyone uh, was who is narrating he didn't meet Dustin Hoffman he wasn't there the only person he he knew, he knew some of the cast members in the show, like Paul Freese, they were there, but not the narrator. But nevertheless, you don't know that when you're watching. So the banter is very well edited, and it's funny. 
between the two of them, and Ringo has that that comedic flair. So it's a it's a real. I got race. a hole in me pocket. <laughs> yeah, look at my nose. Which is from Yellow Submarine, but yeah. we, we digress. <laughs> so now I have an audio cassette of the soundtrack of The Point that I bought. I'm going to say at least 30 years ago. What originally came out was the RCA album with the needlepoint on the cover. The cover was designed by Dean Torrance, Jan and Dean, and the needlepoint was done by hand by Kathy, the lovely wife of Dean Torrance. So it was sort of a little family project. The album was made somewhat concurrently with the project. The animation had to be done very quickly and very inexpensively. The budget was not tremendous on this, though it was higher because it was prime time, it still was limited animation. It still was not a gigantic budget. It was um, Fred Wolf doing an enormous amount of the of most of the animating with a small staff, and it was breakneck. Plus, he was working with Harry Nielsen with the concepts, and they were sort of coming back and forth. And he had to explain to Nielsen how animation works and how you know you can write a song in a few minutes or sing it or record it. But to animate it, all these drawings have to be made. You know, he, he didn't, he, they had to understand how each of them worked. Hang on, one, actually- hang on one second. I just found the answer to the narrator on the soundtrack. Harry Nielsen was the narrator. That's correct. So on, that, the, on the actual album. Yeah, on the, on the actual album, which was released yeah. around the time of the broadcast. So that gives us five narrators. That's true. There is a there is the fifth the fifth narrator, which was the original one, which was himself. Yeah, he narrated it, and he originally wrote the story um, that he came up with, and it's very well explained in the in the uh, extras uh, before you read anything else on the internet about how this originated. Watch the extras because you're really going to get a history of how incredible, how, what vision, and how inter- entrepreneurial. Harry Nielsen was because he wanted to create not just music, but films and animation and shows and things. And he was going to do a Wright Brothers musical. And the genesis for the point came came from that. The character of Oblio grew from that. So it didn't all start with, oh, I looked at trees and I saw points and all that. You know, that's that's sort of the thing that you hear. But that's only one small element of this. This is something that was long in coming. And he had all of these adventures and stuff that he put into a into a short book, and then it was it was designed by a Gary Lund who designed the production of the of the of the show, which looks very much like a cross between the the Yellow Submarine and the kind of things you'd see on Sesame Street in the early seventies. And the kind of commercials you saw, like how many licks does it take? Yeah, it's it's kind of crude. It's kind of crude yeah. animation, but it's charming. It's 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 that linear hand, very hand drawn with a pen, um, and and does not hide the fact that it was just drawn with a pen. Uh, extremely loose um, kind of thing, and and it's it's a it's a very seventies early 70s late 60s kind of look it is not done at all anymore so it's it has a certain kind of a charm yeah and and for the surreal world that the point takes place in it 
works. It works perfectly. Yeah. It works perfectly, and, and out of the context of the, of the day, it actually even works even more so because it, it seems so unique. Back then, there, were a lot of, there was a lot of animation that looked like this. As a matter of fact, uh, Murakami Wolf, that did the, uh, the company that did the animation, they also did the Little Green Sprout for Green Giant, and Obelio looks just like the Little Green Sprout. <laughs> you're right. You know, you're just going, oh, well, there's Obelio, and you know, only he's green. Although not, so, although not on the album cover. That's correct. That's true. Yeah, that's true. So the album on the album on the album cover, he kind of looks like Peter Max. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the album, the original album had a had a, 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 a about a seven page book that was sort of this really wild Peter Maxy looking uh, or Robert Crumb looking uh, storybook, but it's done in this wild underground comic style. So it's it's really wild. I mean, it makes the movie look like, um, you know, a, a, a Raggedy Ann cartoon. And I want to say Raggedy Ann because that was pretty wild, too. But it looks very conventional compared to, to the way the book inside the album looked. But it was very successful and it was very unique and very daring. The, the story behind this is, is very interesting in that they couldn't get this thing sold. Nielsen couldn't get through to the head of ABC. And the only way you'd ever get this thing on TV is to get the head person to say yes. So he found out where the, I think it was Martin Starger, found out where he was booking a flight to New York. And he found out what the flight was. And he booked the same flight. And he got the seat next to him. So he stalked Marty Starger. He stalked him. <laughs> And he, and he sat down and he introduced himself and he just pitched. And he says, you've got nothing else to do for the next seven hours, so I'm going to tell you about this thing. And he loved it. And I don't think under, under any other circumstances they probably would have said, do this, unless somebody at a very high level said, do this. Because for network television, even in the 70s where there was some experimental stuff going on, this is pretty wild stuff for, for network television. It, it's pretty kooky crazy. It's, it's very Alice in Wonderland. It's, it's sort of the ugly duckling story meets Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Meets Yellow but, Submarine. Meets Yellow Submarine. It's got a lot of those elements. It's got a sweetness to it. But the script is clearly aimed at adults. And, you know, as... As I got, I've appre I appreciate it more as an adult than I did as a kid, because the script is so sharp. The script is very, it's verbose, but it's very savvy. It's very, it's funny, but it's very sharp, and you gotta really know what it's saying. And I appreciate how clever that script is now more than I did than I did before. And the other thing I cannot emphasize enough is you've got three of the greatest Saturday morning cartoon voice actors of all time, Paul Freese, Joan Gerber, and Lenny Weinrib, doing vocal styles they never do on, on conventional cartoons. They're doing the kind of fire sign theater um, – Cheech and Chong, uh, fantastic Mr. Fox, sort of low, you know, low moan kind of cool. 
hey, you know, uh, what's going on with this kid? Uh, this thing is never fine. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, the only Lenny Weinrib, you know, choose the scenery because he plays the the mean count. So he's the only one who goes over the top. But most of the characters are like just play. They underplay, which was never done much on network television cartoons. They usually did it in a, st- a certain style. So to hear Paul Freese playing this. The, you know the, these characters where it's like you know he's, he, no, he doesn't have a point does he at first you don't even necessarily recognize him but it was a testimony to how versatile these actors were that they could do this too and they rarely got a chance to so that that I want to point out too because that's not talked about very much Greg Airbar is with us as we go behind the scenes of the making of The Point The Point the very first feature length animated movie made especially for television. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. The Point, written and produced by Harry Nielsen and featuring original songs and vocals by Harry Nielsen. The 50th anniversary Blu-ray release of The Point is narrated by Ringo Starr and features the voice of Mike Lookin' from the Brady Bunch, as well as the voice talents of Paul Fries, Joan Gerber, and Lenny Weinrib. The 50th anniversary Blu-ray release of The Point is available through MVD Entertainment. It's a very high-quality product. Yes. It comes with a lovely sort of mini poster inside. It has some fascinating extras. It has a one-hour documentary about Harry Nielsen's role in film. Not just the point, but all the other films he did with various people like Ringo and um, Terry Gilliam and all of these things. He wrote. Things like he that. wrote. He wrote some of the songs for Head, which is the Monkeys movie. Yeah, and it talks about Head. It talks about Skidoo. As a matter of fact, the <laughs> yeah, point, that's right. He wrote Skidoo. Skidoo. You know, what's funny is the best part of Skidoo was the credits at the end. Yes, which Harry, which Harry Nielsen sings. And he sings even the, the, the legal disclaimer. Yes. And that's on, if you want to go on YouTube and just, just look up uh, credits, Harry Nielsen credits. That's, yeah, that's available as a standalone video. It's, it's very funny. And apparently they use, they, uh, Preminger must have thought that was the best part of the movie too, because that was used as the trailer. Because <laughs> it really is cute that he sings the, he sings the credits and sings even the characters in this are purely coincidental. You know, I mean, all of that is sung. It's really cute. Um, but he did, uh, he did a lot of, a lot of astonishing projects and his monkey songs, he was still working, I think in the bank when he was writing for the monkeys and those songs were sustaining him and enabling him to leave the bank and to go out on his own because they paid so well. And he became very close to them. And later the movie was made into a stage show. And the actor at the age of 18 who played Oblio on stage was David Morse. Oh, from St. Elsewhere. Yeah. And when it went to London, the stars of the show and the Mermaid, the very famous Mermaid Theater, were Davy Jones as Oblio and Nicky Dolenz as the Count and as the Leaf Man. Huh. And that is available as an album as well. But not, but not on the MVD of 50th anniversary Blu-ray release of the point. No, but Mickey is Mickey does speak on some of the documentary. What I do want to point out. Okay, is, so you 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 recommend that people watch the extra features on the 50th anniversary Blu-ray release of the point through MVD Entertainment before they watch the actual movie itself. No, I recommend they watch the movie, 
then watch the extras to get the true history of it. There's stuff I've been reading in various things that just, they only tell part of the story, but not the whole thing. And you need to get the full context of his concept for this and not have it reduced to just a couple of, well, you know, da, 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 da. Um, it's, it's a bigger story than what I've been hearing. Rolling Stone did a good job, though, uh, recently of talking about it. And they did do they did do it well. And one of the things they pointed out that's very important to understand about this, when you see this on Blu-ray, you're going to say, well, wait a minute. This doesn't look like, you know, Wonder Woman. This isn't this isn't pristine and perfect. Why isn't this crispy like a Tostito on my screen? Well, the fact of the matter is that they worked really hard to find the best possible film they could find. And according to MDV people, they found the very best. This is the best it's ever looked. Um, this is the best edition it's ever been on disc and digital uh, right now. Uh, it's got 5.1 surround. And they had to go through the, the estate and dig, and they finally found a, um, a 16 millimeter print because that's all that seems to be exists. There's no negative available. And it was enhanced as much as it could possibly be done. They, they, um, it was actually, they found it from a collector. Uh, they do it. They did a 2K HD scan for those who know what that is, and it improved the coloring, reduced the fading. There's just no negatives. Um, the same is true with the little drummer boy. There's no negatives of that. That's also a 16 millimeter print. So this is this is the best it's ever going to look unless a miracle happens and a 35 shows up or a negative shows up. What's kind of cool is at the very beginning. This was shown in a lot of schools because it, it addresses prejudice. So it opens with the, Macmill the Macmillan logos and the Learning Corporation logos that usually started a lot of the movies we saw in schools, some of us. So that might bring those little logos and the, the, the music they played over them may bring back some memories because they left that in there, even though those portions are much more scratchy than the rest of the film. Don't let the scratchiness of those logos Catch a crime. Yeah, because they're there for accuracy. They're not there because the rest of the movie looks like that. No, it's just, it's just, it's the, as, as Greg explained, it's the best possible print they can find under the circumstances. Yes, yes it absolutely is. The soundtrack album is still available. Um, there's a few extras on, on that as well. And the cast album of the London version is still available as well. Um, if you've never seen it, Nothing else really like it before since, I mean, except Yellow Submarine and all. This has a little bit more of a story to it. Um, and it actually, in some ways, has a better resolve than something like Rudolph. I mean, in this case, there's people who say, well, and I love Rudolph, but there's some people who say, and I'm not going to give it away, except that everybody knows how Rudolph ends. He did something for them, and then suddenly they like him. You know, they didn't change their minds for more virtuous reasons. In this case, his triumph was more of a moral triumph. Right was what prevailed. The correct decision was made at the end. And that's kind of, a, it kind of has a nice, uh, a nice the way it ends is quite nice. So, so that's, Yes, I think the literary term is ironic twist. It's, yeah, yeah, there, there, there is that. 
there is that. Yeah. And and I just uh, like I say, it's not it's not your typical. But you know what? There's so much stuff that looks the same now. About time you saw something that doesn't quite look the same. And the songs are great. Uh, the 50th anniversary Blu-ray release of The Point by Harry Nielsen, featuring the voice of Mike Lookinlan of The Brady Bunch, Paul Fries, Joan Gerber, Lenny Weinrib, narrated by Ringo Starr, available on Blu-ray through MVD Entertainment and other retailers. You can read Greg Arabar twice a month at Cartoon Research. Dot com Greg's website gregairbar.com we'll take a quick time out then we'll play part two of our conversation with Don's late Abernathy of any day now we come back on TV Confidential buying or selling a home can be one of the most stressful things we'll ever do in life but it doesn't have to be and no one knows better than our friends at Front Porch Realty Group their community of realtors serving the northern bay area of California that cares about their clients as individuals first and foremost whether you're a first-time buyer or looking to lease or sell your property in the Bay Area, Front Porch Realty Group will help you through this important transition by providing you with the right information for your situation while lessening the pain. They also work with a network of realtors throughout California who provide the same high caliber of customer service. Call Front Porch Realty Group at 415-886-7411 for a realtor referral near you. You can also visit their website, frontporchrealtygroup.com, for more information on the services they provide, including upcoming workshops and seminars. For more information, call 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com. Front Porch Realty Group. They'll find the solution that works best for you. Want a free first ride with Uber? Uber, the mobile app that connects you with a ride at the touch of a button in minutes. Enter promo code TV Confidential after you download the app to receive your first free ride up to $20. For more information, go to get.uber.com forward slash go forward slash TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you. 